What the hell's the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another podcast of Ballsy. This is you like uh, saying that, don't you? Yeah, I do like saying it. Yeah, uh, it, and this is our college podcast. This college is football. College football. This is the day after the championship game, a, a great championship game between Alabama and Clemson. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Longhorn Network Network will now stop showing the last great co- the ten year yeah. old one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. You know, we actually ran my column from that the other days. We ran it a couple of days in a row. As a matter of fact, people actually read that again ten years later. Can you believe that? Well, people obviously still watch the uh, USC. We just uh, had Vince Richard Young Justice game. in. You know, I think he watches that like every thirty minutes. You know, he, he's a big, he's a big, uh, he's a big Texas UT fan. guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, and and that was a and that was a terrific game, though. It was, you know, I don't I, think you introduced me yet. I did not. This is Barry Horn. I didn't introduce myself. I'm well, Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn, and we are without Evan, Evan Grant. Grant, who is uh, vacationing in the Holy Land. On a tour through the Holy Land, uh, I think he is on a I, selfie tour through the Holy Land. I, I think actually he he met with the Pope before he uh, he got, he went to the Holy Land. He was in Rome. He was he was in Rome. He was in Rome. Yeah, he was in, wanted to update him on the podcast. He probably, if I know Evan, he asked the Pope to be on the podcast. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he extended an <laughs> He asks everybody. I don't know what we talk about, but Evan, I promise you, asked him to be with us. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So we do miss Evan. Evan's not with us. Uh, he misses his presence. His his his. You know, optimistic, bubbly personality. You know, it's always, always great to have that. We don't have that. But we're going to talk about this championship game anyway. Uh, I tell you, here was here was the difference in that game for me between Alabama and Clemson. That if Clemson had had somebody who could could have covered OJ Howard, their tight end, I think Clemson would have had a chance. He to- caught five passes. For 208 yards, I think it was. That's 40 yards a catch for a tight end. And what did his coach say after the game? What did what did Saban say after the game? I don't think we used him enough this season. He could say that about 30 guys on his team. But here's probably why that it worked so well, because they didn't use him that much. Correct. So Clemson didn't key on him. That's why you, you need to have something like that to spring on somebody. I don't think he's a he's not a particularly athletic guy. I mean, he had some nice straight-ahead speed. Uh, you know, but the 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 plays, the balls he caught, he couldn't have been more wide open. Which which tells you a lot about about the Alabama roster and the talent on that roster. Oh, it's unbelievable that, that, that it's it's crazy, and it, it it's never ending. I'm sure when when the recruiting uh, class of twenty uh, twenty sixteen, which would be the class of 2018, 2020, yeah. probably now, when it comes out, who's going to be on top of it? Who's going to be the number one and the number two team in the country? Alabama. Alabama. You know, I was looking at the, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to recruiting because I think that we put way too much stuff into that. I, I, I like what teams do, like at TCU, what Gary Patterson does. He, he's not getting five-star guys, and yet he's putting out not only really great teams, but he's putting out high draft choices yeah, as well. Yeah, of course, but Alabama is getting they five are. stars, well, well, and they're using them correctly. Right. Absolutely. And, and that was one of my point was going to be. I, I looked up the last time I looked at the recruiting services, you know, if you were getting a five-star guy, Texas is getting one or two. Uh, a and getting one or two. Alabama's getting seven or eight five-star guys. You know, that is, that is the difference when you're getting and, that many. And they're not getting the five-star quarterback. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're not necessarily getting the five-star. They get some five-star receivers, but they're getting the five-star linemen, the guys that make everything go. It, it's incredible. It's incredible the, the way that works out. I want to know why there's a kid from Fort Worth, Texas, uh, anchoring in the center of that defensive line at Alabama, why, Robinson. why he is not 
at the University of Texas. It came down between Texas and Alabama, and, that, and he took Alabama. And you know what? If if I'm Sean Robinson, did he make a mistake going no. to Alabama? No. no, 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 no. He made the right call going to Alabama. So that's that's why they got him. I mean, and to me, that's the what it is so it, everybody wants to know where the quarterbacks are going everybody wants to know where the running backs are going everybody wants to know where the wide receivers are going or or even defensive backs where they're going and no one really cares about defensive linemen and i'm telling you those defensive tackles those quality premium defensive tackles are the hardest thing to find in college football if you we, we had Barry Trammell on here a couple of months ago we also had Barry Switzer on we did and that. Barry Horn and i think you were number 3 in that list. i have always am uh, but 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 what Barry Trammell talked about was how when when coaches watch film this is what they're looking for on the defensive line, who's getting the most push here? That's how they're judging how good these teams are. Is like, how good is your defensive line? How good is your offensive line? And that's correct. I think that Alabama's offensive line is just is pretty good. I, I think they're they're very they have a very good offensive line. I think their defensive line is great. And and, and there's, as a matter of fact, there's so many guys in that line that are so good you can't even really pick them out. Now, now you're 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 praising Alabama, but yes. I want I'm gonna, here's here's a question I'm going to ask you because they did something yesterday you don't like. How many carries did Derrick Henry get yesterday? I don't know. How many did he yeah, get? Yeah, 35. He, got, he had a lot of carries. That's too many. You don't like that, right? No, I don't like it. I don't like any kid getting a, a, the ball that much. I think if you if you if once you get to 30, uh, if, if that's a, okay, it's a championship game, so we gave you the ball 30 times, you know. But you should be averaging between 20 and 25. Uh, we, you know, if we go back and look at what Earl Campbell did when he played in the pro, uh, pros, and, and not so much at Texas because he was hurt all the time. He didn't get that many that carries there. But Bum Phillips – I believe didn't he may not have ruined Earl Campbell, but he came close to it. He ran him thirty-five he times him. a game. He rode him, you know. And now, if you you look at see Earl Campbell today and what and uh, what it's like for him to try to get around, it's a very sad sight. Do you to think see. the NCAA needs to 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 invoke a rule, a pass a rule that a school like Alabama, when you have all that talent, no onside kicks? No onside you, kicks. You can't, I mean, how can how can you get away with that? You know, it's such a beautiful play too. Because I'm telling you, uh, and, and if you if you watch how they lined up on that, and, and and obviously Clemson was not expecting it at all, or if they were, they're were expecting the onside kick to be the middle of the field. You know, a little dribbler. You know, you come in, and what they did instead, he pooches it to the outside. The 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 outside guy on that play, I don't even I don't even remember who it was. Uh, who, who actually caught the ball? It might have been uh, Cyrus Jones. I don't know who it was. At, at any rate. He catches it over his shoulder like he's going downfield for a pass. It was it was an unbelievably well executed play. Do you think that should happen with kickers are at such a stage and of such skill? Shouldn't that happen more? You know, you see it a lot. I see it a lot in high school actually, where it's not so much the pooch kick like that, but it is a pooch kick that's about 20, 20 yards downfield, thirty yards downfield. You hit it very high, and you and you get to some poor kid who's a, who's playing in a position where he's not supposed to be catching the football, and now he's got all these people coming at him, and and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to signal a fair catch, you know. And and I've seen it a lot in high school. You're probably right, though. It probably should happen more in, in and, and college. And I also wanted to ask you about somebody who had a tremendous season. We haven't talked about. Uh, a guy who's resurrected his career, I think, or is in the process of resurrecting his career, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, who they left, who I, I read Lane Kiffin got actually left at the stadium. The bus pulled away without him. They did that on purpose. Is, is, is he now a possibility to maybe coach, be a head coach, obviously, in the state of Texas? Are you referring to the Texas or, Al- or uh, A&M program? I, I asked the state of Texas. I, I, I Either school or not. Well, I think he's a candidate anywhere. You know, He's been a mistake everywhere he's been as a head coach, right? Yeah. You know, USC. Disaster. Tennessee. Oakland. 
He was he's you know he was an arrogant guy who probably was was uh, aren't we all well we are who got elevated to a position before his time he he, he didn't deserve those positions at the, when he, when he got them he's a very bright guy obviously that's why he's getting getting all this and by the way Monty Kiffin's son the former Cowboys right. defensive oh. coordinator Lane Kiffin without saying uh, so uh, yeah sure he's going to get another chance because look if, if you're winning uh, and if you can win then then people are going to hire you since you brought up the Cowboys I'll ask you this this has been a very Alabama centric podcast now yes let's talk about the quarterback at clemson deshaun watson yes do you do you think who by the way is the guy i voted for for the heisman he was my number one i feel pretty good about that vote he, well, right. I, are you, I thought you're not allowed to divulge after the fact oh after the fact yeah who would you have number two i had number two derrick henry uh what i don't feel what i feel bad about is that my number three was not christian mccaffrey who was it? baker mayfield i always feel like that you know if i got a local guy who's in the mix, I try to get him in there at number three if I don't feel like he's a one or two. I feel like, you know, you know, if it's even— And Baker Mayfield's a local guy from a lot of places. Yes, he is a local guy from a lot of places. But I tell you what, if, it was, if, the, if the vote were now, uh, after everything is said and done— Which it should be. Which it should be, as Barry Switzer told us, right? On our podcast. On our, podcast. On our ballsy podcast. On our ballsy podcast. Uh, I think that it would—I think that Deshaun—for uh, a while there, everybody thinking that Christian McCaffrey would have been, oh, oh my gosh, after his bowl game, when he when he set a bowl record and, and was so, so tremendous, scored on the first play of the game. He was pretty good. That he was the number one. Would you really want Christian McCaffrey more than Deshaun Watson? On your college team? Yes. No. No, I would not either. That I, I, I agree with what uh, I believe Urban Meyer said during that game. This is all about Deshaun Watson. You know, if he's not there, the, the, the Alabama wins that game easily. He, he is a tremendous, tremendous talent. Only a sophomore, so he's not coming out after this year. I think well, the question you were asking, is he coming out? Obviously, he'll, he'll be coming out next year. There's no question right. about that. Uh, he'll be a, three, uh, a three-year starter. Uh, I tell you, he threw some tremendous balls yesterday. And not only did he get himself in position, when he, when he would throw a bad pass, he, he had uh, he had a kid open in, in the in the flat. The the defensive back I think fell down, and he overthrew him by five yards. I remember I was watching the game with my sons, and we we're both like, "Oh my gosh, look oh, at that you bad just pass!" Threw that in because you know I, I watched the game alone, all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it, when he throws a bad pass, you're you're shocked. You know, he he threw a touchdown pass, which in which the Alabama DB made a terrific play, but it was a it was a, a fade, hits the kid right in the hands, and he can't hold on to it. If he catches that ball, Clemson might win the game. Uh, how about his uh, the word escapability? Did you, yeah, did he, you like? The, I mean, he's going against. It's not an NFL. It's not an NFL defense, but it's it's as close to it's an NFL. Pretty close. It's close to his NFL defense as you'll play as you'll play against uh, yes. at the college level. And 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 he showed tremendous uh, ability. Oh, uh, he he he. See, here's, here's what he brings to you, is, and I've come to the conclusion now in the NFL. I know I said, oh, I was all for these uh, zone read options and maybe the guys should, they should do this in the pros. Obviously, you can't do that. I think RG3 is a perfect example. They got killed, and he's not nearly the athletic quarterback he used to be, uh, and I don't know if he ever will be again. And so I don't think that's going to work. Do you think he will be not the athletic quarterback he was as a Dallas Cowboy next year? Yeah, that's a possibility. Okay. I tell you what, if you're going to take RG3 or Johnny Manziel, I'd rather have RG3 at this point. I'm with you. I, I'm, but I'm not, I don't really want either one of them. But the point I was going to make is when you watched Deshaun Watson in that game yesterday, yes, he, he, he did run quite a bit, and yes, he did get out of the pocket. But when he ran, he ran and then got out of bounds. That's what you want your quarterback to be doing. You know, run run to that first down marker and get out of bounds. You don't want that 320-pound uh, no, defensive I, tackle. I do uh, not want him taking people on. Making a pancake. You know, Johnny used to do that, Johnny Manziel in college. He would take people on. It was just crazy. You know, he, and, and he's a much smaller guy than Deshaun Watson is. So you need to be smart. I think this kid 
is really smart. I, he reminds me a little bit of Marcus Mariota, but I, I think he I think he might be better. And Mariota had a had a great rookie season for the uh, Tennessee Titans. So I, I think this kid's really going to be special. It's really unfortunate for the Cowboys that when this draft's coming up, I, I, I do think Jared Goff is, is a very nice quarterback prospect, and if he's there, I think the Cowboys will take him. Uh, but, boy, if they had a chance to get Deshaun Watson this year, that'd be a no-brainer. So let, let's talk about we've, – we've talked about championship football – at that level, let's talk about the football. Big Twelve. The, the Big Twelve. <laughs> wow. Well, they had, well they, we can talk was, about a team in the SEC too. Let's before we talk about the Big Twelve. Let me ask you about a team in the, in the SEC. How is A and M going to ever win a title in the SEC with Alabama standing in front of? Them? You know, it's just going to be really difficult. And 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 you know, it was. Let's just go back here uh, and, and look at the decisions that were that were made. Um, Texas A and M struggled to win in the Big Twelve. Correct. Yes. Yes, they did. They, uh, and so they're, they're, they're struggling to win in the Big 12, which is I think everybody will say is not as good a league as the SEC, and it's certainly not as good a division as the SEC West. No. Uh, so so it was, if you were struggling there, I think what everyone thought was that by going, a lot of A&M fans, and, and I wrote that, a lot of people wrote that, and, uh, and then they go in their first year and they got Johnny Manziel as their quarterback, and he has a great year, and, and they beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I was at that game, an unbelievable win, an unbelievable game. It was all great. You're kind of name-dropping. I am kind of name-dropping a little bit. I just want to make sure that people understand that I, I, I'm not just sitting back taking pot shots at A&M. When, no, you're there. When I say I'm, I'm there. So, so it, it, it did work out great those first two years, especially the first year. The second year, not so much, but the first year really did work out well. Uh, but that was with a guy who was a Heisman Trophy winner and one of the all-time great college football players, in my estimation. I don't know that. I never saw a guy in the open field who ran like Johnny Manziel. Uh, he, he was an unbelievable player and so much fun to watch. So that's what you do with that guy. And they had some pretty good defensive players, too. Oh, yes, they did. So that first year, especially. Um, since then, they have not had Johnny Manziel, one of the greatest Correct. players in college football history. And we see what's happening. They've become a 500 team in the SEC West. Not, they're not having bad years. They're just not having great years. But they're not having the years they hope to have, especially post-Johnny Manziel. No question Especially with the recruiting classes. They, they were able to bring in. And that's why you hear so much grumbling. I've heard grumbling all year long from A&M boosters, uh, people mid-level, high-level, low-level, a lot of grumbling about this because now you're having to, to look back and have everybody say, see, we told you so. We told you this was what it was going to be like. They got this brand-new stadium, a beautiful $450 million stadium, and uh, and you're going out there and you're, and you're winning eight games. You know, uh, they're at a point now – that that Texas was at with uh, with Mac Brown, in that you know eight win seasons are not good enough. Here, Nine win seasons aren't good enough. The, the, the other the other point here is of course because Texas is down. This yes. is the perfect opportunity, absolutely, for them to capture the imagination of of every young, uh, great high school player in the state. Look at us. Look at Texas, and and they haven't taken advantage of that either. And who has? Oklahoma. Baylor, Baylor, TCU. TCU. That's right. See, that's and that's what's happened here, and it's been my contention. Oklahoma State is that, is that, is that this state, as great as it is with high school football talent, right. uh, only has so many blue chip players to go around, right? Right. And so now, now you got guys considering going to Baylor. Now you got guys considering going to TCU. You always had Texas and Oklahoma, and now it's those two. And now you've got Alabama coming. Well, you in here. you have you have. There's no there's no. Uh, uh, surprise why Alabama likes to come in early in the season. There's and, no surprise why Alabama wanted Texas A&M in the SEC. Right, right. This is why they wanted them in, for the TV markets and so they can get a 
bigger gateway into Texas and steal more well, Texas if you're, recruits. If you're, if, you're, you're, if you're a high school junior or high school senior, even, even a senior, but by that time it's too late, uh, sophomore now, you don't even remember when you can't remember ten years back when Texas won the national no, championship. No, and you don't care. No, you don't care. And because what do you? What's in your mind? Your mind is TCU. You, in your mind is Baylor. And how can I get to the pros? And how can I get to the pros? And you know, oh, up just up the road, Oklahoma. They're pretty good. They had a pretty good year. Right. You're right. So, uh, what what could happen? What needs to happen immediately to end this to end this sorry saga? Well, they got what they had to hope at A and M is that Mazzoni is going to be the answer as the offensive coordinator. The guy what's the who, question? The, the, if he's the if he's the answer, what's the question? Yeah, uh, and he's coming in, and he's fifty eight years old. Did a pretty good job at UCLA, but not not great. No, you know? he's not Lincoln Riley. You know, when when uh, Bob Stoops hired Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, he was the hottest young quarterback mind in the country. You know that that's who that's, that's who they wanted. You know when. When uh, Charlie Strong tried to hire Sonny Cumbie away from TCU, that's a hot young name because of what Sonny Cumbie and, and Doug Meacham did turning around TCU's offense almost immediately. They made Trevon Boykin into a Heisman contender Correct. at quarterback. Unbelievable the job that they did. I actually, I actually talked to a source last night who actually talked to a source. Said they're not, they're not all that sorry at UCLA to see him go. I'm sure that they're not. You know, they were, I think they were 25th in the country. It, it was okay. They had an okay season. The reason that they, you know, highly touted quarterback too. Here, here's what what I heard uh, and the people that I talked to. I was going to drop sources here. Is that he was trying to get a guy like Doug Meacham, well, Kevin Sumlin was to be his offensive coordinator. It was going to cost him one and a half million. People were saying we're not ponying up for that. You know, for all the money that's being spent in A and M, they just gave Kevin Sumlin another big contract. One of the reasons why, if they even if they had wanted him. To, to, to Doesn't be that strike gone, you as being kind of silly? Million. I mean, you've you've poured so much into it. What is another, another one and a half million? As I've we've also we've discussed many times uh, off the air. A million dollars is not, not a lot, lot of, of money. money. Not a lot of money. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it, it does. You, you do wonder uh, about that. Um, I, I, there's still a lot of uh, unanswered questions. We saw what all happened at A and M last week, right? You right. know, and, you know they, they lose. One day the athletic director is saying that oh everybody's fine, and the next day he's gone. And the then, moving the moving trucks. Are, oh my god! Uh, and by dizzy. And by Thursday they've got his replacement. That was that was the quickest. I don't. There's nothing the matter. To I, I've got a replacement three days later. Well, the president brought in his his guy from his former from Washington. School up in That's Washington. correct. So so they got a new athletic director. We'll see. You know what you hear is that that Eric Hyman was not taking a strong enough hand with Kevin Sumlin that he needed to make demands that was not happening. They want a guy who's going to go in there and be fully invested in the football program. But the basketball program's doing okay. It is, but you don't, do you think they care that much about basketball? Well, they get, they've got uh, a couple of players from Plano West High School down yeah, there. Yeah, that's who, all you care about. Mr. Plano West. Who are having, who are having a pretty good year. The president uh, of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. Plano West. Horror. Only Plano West, not, oh. not, not, the, entire, not okay. the entire Plano Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. So, so I, I think that, that they're going to have to put something together here very quickly, you know, because because what really, frankly, what, what Kevin Sumlin has become is the new Mac Brown. You know, here's a guy who had a great offensive reputation, you know, a, as an assistant coach in all, in all of his stops, as the head coach at Houston, and as and then as certainly as, as the head coach at A and M. Of course, what we have to remember is is that his quarterbacks as a head coach were Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel, neither of whom he recruited. Recruited, right? Uh, and he also had Cliff Kingsbury as his play caller in Houston and in A uh, and uh, M. He also had Dana Holgerson in Houston. So he had some some great offensive minds that were working with him. So 
So what Kevin's going to have to show everybody is that if I'm going to be the CEO like Mac Brown was, then I'm going to have to hire really good coordinators. You know, when Art Brown's offense goes sour, when, when Philip Montgomery leaves and because goes to Tulsa. Because it's Art Brown's offense. It's Art Brown's offense. With Kendall Brown's, Philip Montgomery, who cares who it is? He didn't even have a quarterback, and he put up 645 yards rushing on North Carolina. That was one of the most stupendous accomplishments I think I've seen in college football in years. You don't even have a quarterback, and you've got 645 yards rushing against a good North Carolina team. All right, we're, t- we're 20 minutes in. We've, we've got to get going, but and we have. I'd like you to dissect the situation in Austin now. For Charlie Strong, yeah, for Charlie Strong. Well, you know, he couldn't get Sonny Cumbie, uh, and and I and so you know he he's he's working his way down the uh, the totem pole on the offensive coordinators. I, I I think that the you know the I don't know anything about the kid he got from Tulsa, you know, that was on Philip Montgomery's staff. It's an Art Browse disciple, Sorry, apparently. Yeah. You know, if if he puts in the spread offense, which is one of the things that Sean Watson would not do, he would not commit fully to the spread offense. Then, then I think they can be fine. If this kid gets on the ground running, I do, I do think that Gerard Hurd can still be a, a spread quarterback, you know, an effective spread quarterback. He doesn't throw very well, but he does run well, and I think he's a smart kid. I, I think they can do that, uh, but they have to commit to it fully. And, and if he does do that, then, then they can be pretty good. But look, here's the, here's the problem. Baylor's still going to be really good. TCU's still going to be really good. Oklahoma's going to be really good. Baker Mayfield's going to be back, you know. Even even if you really were being optimistic about Texas, what do you think? What place do you think they would finish next year in the Big Twelve? Top, if they if top three, if if everything goes right, they could be a top behind TCU. Behind, well, maybe top four. See, I, said, TCU, I think Oklahoma. I think fourth place is the best yeah. they can hope. I yeah, think both, I think all three of those teams are going to be better than Texas next year. All three, and that's going to be another year. I, and I tell you, if if Charlie doesn't win. He's got to win at least eight games. Uh, I think if he wins eight and it's pointing up, you know, they finish the, the season well. Then they eight, win with a, eight with the with arrow, arrow going up. up. And, and if, they're, if they win the bowl game, then I think that, that he'll be okay. And I tell you what. Would that be in the best interest of the University of Texas, though? You know what? I, I have said, uh, and I've written this several times, I think Charlie Strong is the right man for the job. No question in my mind. Is he the right coach? I'm not sure. But I'll say the same thing about him that I said about Mac Brown. Mac Brown was fine as long as you had the right coordinators around him. Charlie, I think, gives his guys too much autonomy. I think he needs to step in and say, but if I don't it, like that, this. Isn't that, huge, need, isn't that a huge indictment on a head coach that you could only, you're only as good as your coordinators or you're only as good as your assistant coach? To me, that's a tremendous indictment. You don't say that about Saban. Who is the best coach maybe ever? Right, yeah. yeah. But, but, but my point is, well, if, if you have the right coordinators or the right assistants in place, who cares? Then, then why do you matter? Then why are you worth? Because there are other things that you do really well. Mac Brown was a tremendous recruiter. Mac Brown was a great CEO. Mac Brown was great at raising money. You know, all those things that made Texas what it is today. When he took that job as head coach, they did not have the money that they have today. He, he, he made that program rich. So there, there are things, you know, everybody's going to have a flaw, and you've got to figure out what flaw can you put up with. You know, Nick Saban doesn't have a flaw. Do, do you, you don't. Well, his personality might. Well, yeah. But but he Not wins, and that, he yeah. wins, and when you win, it doesn't matter. Who cares? So, but uh, it, it seems to me that's a tremendous flaw. If you're going to have a flaw, it should not be the flaw we're talking about, though. Well, I, I think that there it should be the Gary Patterson flaw. It should be the the, the flaw where you're kind of awkward, uh, a little socially awkward, socially awkward. But but 
it shouldn't be the flaw shouldn't be that you're not a great football mind. That should not be the flaw. I don't, I'm not saying that Kevin Sumlin isn't a great football oh, mind, and, I, and Strong, I think he's so. a much from an X's and O standpoint. I think he's much better than than Mac was. And, you know, and Charlie Strong, he's a he's a defensive genius. The guy really knows what he's doing. The, the problem on defense, you know, most coaches go one way or the other. Either either they're a great defensive coach or a great offensive coach. You know, so it's a so I, I give Charlie that. My problem was is that when Charlie was asked about his offense and, and what he would like to have done, he goes, "Yeah, I would have liked to have done this instead." It's like how. Can you say that? Can you say that? Walk into a meeting and You're say, the coach. we got to do this. But, of course, Mac did the same thing. You know, Greg Davis, all those years, he wanted to have a power running game, and Greg Davis never gave him one. Well, that, that, that's inexcusable. It was inexcusable. And you know what's also inexcusable? We're 25 minutes in, I think, and Evan Grant hasn't been here to fill any time. So I think we should. <laughs> look, look how smoothly it's gone. It's, it's been great. When Evan finds out, I think, I think he'll still be overseas. Uh, he'll be, you'll see. He'll he he'll, he'll make calls. He'll tweet around. He'll see. I can't how, believe he didn't try to call how well him. the podcast went. He we Evan will be on the podcast from Israel next week. Yes, he will. So let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone, and we hope you listen to other ballsy podcasts, including our Major League Ranger Baseball one with uh, Richard Justice. Richard Justice this week, and don't miss the Cowboy podcast this week. We spared no expense. Not only will we have David Moore with us, who's usually on the phone from Valley Ranch, David Moore. In studio. High quality stuff. High quality stuff. Goodbye, everybody.